Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 118. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, you asked for it and I created it. My first free ebook, 10 Incredible Insights from 10 Incredible Entrepreneurs, is published. All four pages of it. Simply go to eofire.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You will get immediate access to the top business insights from the likes of Barbara Corcoran, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, and seven other incredible guests. Prepare to ignite. Okay, let's get started. I am simply delighted to introduce my guest today, Anna Akbare. Anna, are you prepared to ignite? I am. All right. Anna is the thinking person's stylist. She has a PhD in visual sociology with a specialization in visual self-presentation, in addition to over 10 years of experience in all facets of the fashion industry. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Anna, but take a minute, tell us about you personally, where you come from, and then tell us about your business. Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for having me. Uh, so I have two companies that are complementary. Uh, one is Closet Catharsis. And essentially what I do with Closet Catharsis is I help people to understand how they're being perceived and work with them um, to create more powerful self-presentation. Um, and then the other, Sociology Style, is a weekly email and uh, equi- weekly email newsletter and websites that takes an intelligent look at related issues um, and helps people to think beyond the surface of aesthetics. Um, so yeah, so that's what I'm up to. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about you personally. Um, so I live in New York City. I'm originally from the Midwest, but I've lived in New York since college. Um, so it's definitely home. And when I'm not building companies or teaching, I also teach at uh, NYU. Um, I host the New York Tech karaoke party and I like to run and do yoga and do all sorts of kind of physical outdoorsy things. Awesome. I do a great sunny for I Got You, Babe, if I'm ever in New York City. <laughs> yes. Anyone who finds themselves in New York and like to sing, we're a wonderful, nerdy group of techies and entrepreneurs. And it's really all about the performance and not about the vocal quality. So no one has to be intimidated. <laughs> awesome. So you will be my share. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> Anna, you're awesome. Let's transition to the first part of the show, which is the success quote, because we love starting the show Entrepreneur on Fire off with a little motivational plug to get things rolling. What do you have for us today, Anna? So, you know, I like a lot of different quotes, but I think for your audience, one that I connect with and that might resonate with them is a Goethe quote. And um, it basically says, choose well, your choice is brief and yet endless. And I really like that quote because I think that it speaks to the really rapid rate at which we're asked to make decisions um, as entrepreneurs. And it also reminds us of the gravity 
of each of our decisions. No matter how seemingly small it is, it has quite a, a lasting ripple effect. So, so yeah, I, I really connect with that quote. Awesome. And can you just take it down to the ground level? How have you actually used this quote in your everyday mentality or in your business? Well, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, you make, and, and this is true for, for many people, but I think you are, you tend to be the sort of supreme ever decision maker, right, on a daily basis. And so um, you're making so many decisions and it's so overwhelming. I know when I'm meeting with um, my team, we will, we will make any number of decisions that are going to guide us for the next week or the next month. And so you really have to own your decisions. Um, so I try not to take them lightly, um, but also know that you don't have the time to sit and contemplate every decision um, for weeks on end. So you really ha- do have to act in an intuitive uh, with it, and also know when to listen to others um, and get their feedback on on how you make those decisions. So it really is kind of a, a group effort, but ultimately you're the one that's um, you know giving it the green light. No, and I love what you say that you can't just sit around for weeks to try to make a decision, and that just kind of brings right. me back to my first real career, which was right after college. I was commissioned as an officer in the army, and so I was training mm-hmm. as an officer. And one thing that just kept getting hammered home to us by our commanding officers before we were deploying to Iraq was Mm. officers, lieutenants, a good decision now is better than a great decision later. Like you need to make (laughs) a good decision right now. Don't try to make this great decision because you may not have time to make that great decision. Just make a good decision, make it now and then go with it. And is that kind of what you do with your mentality? Absolutely. It's not about always being perfect in your decisions, but understanding, having a general sense of the pros and cons of, of what you're about to um, embark on or what you're, what you're agreeing to, and then realizing that you're, you're inevitably going to have to uh, you know, deal with some repercussions, but that I think that brings in sort of another skill, right, which is this um, ability to, to improvise and to um, be very fluent. I think there's really a core um, quality of any successful entrepreneur. You, you cannot be rigid. You must be ex- incredibly malleable and able to change um, with the circumstances in real time. Anna, let's talk about failure. Let's talk about challenges. Let's talk about obstacles that we as entrepreneurs have to overcome every single day on certain levels. But Entrepreneur on Fire is about your journey. So we want to go back, take us down to the ground level at some point in your journey when you failed, when you've come against an obstacle that you've had to overcome and share with us how you overcame that. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, there's so many. I think an ongoing one for me, especially early on in my companies, was really not having any capital to fall back on, um, no sort of financial safety net. And I I encountered a lot of, well, a lot of my peers, you know, had come out of industries like banking um, and had saved up money or had the... Um, the sort of colloquial term is friends and family money, right? And I just always wondered, who are your friends and family? Because my friends and family are not giving me millions of dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> can we share? Um, so that 
was definitely frustration. I was coming out of grad school. Um, you know, I had student loan debt. So I hadn't really kind of prepped myself in a financial sense to launch into um, entrepreneurialism in any sort of financially stable way. So there were a lot of risks involved. And so one of the things that I realized is that one of the assets that I did have and that I could build was really human capital. Um, and so I just continued to build strong networks around me and connect with people in hopefully, I think, meaningful ways. And then also really was sort of fearless in, in not um, being afraid to take risks. I think one of the benefits, if we want to think about it this way, of not stepping into the entrepreneurial ring with enormous amounts of financial capital is that, you know, if you fail, you're, what, you're, what you're going to lose is a bit different, right? So I really felt like I had nothing to lose and was willing to, to sort of take the, take the risk. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's been a major obstacle for me and one that I've learned um, to deal with and build my companies in a little bit different way. And honestly, I don't, I don't, sure, there are times where that would have been nice, but otherwise, I don't think I would have um, changed that. That's such a great lesson for the young entrepreneurs that are listening today because one thing that's so obvious is that the older that we get, the more responsibilities continue to pile up on our plate. And so, when yeah. we're young and we're just starting out and we don't have any money and we don't have any assets, that's actually a great opportunity because we don't really yeah. have much to lose. So go out that's there, right. swing the bat, just bounce some things off the wall. Most of them are not going to stick. But if you're able to find one that does and that resonates with a target audience, or with a niche, man, you are way ahead of the game. It's the people that just sit around and wait because they want that perfect opportunity or they want to have all these assets built up. They realize that by the time they may have that perfect opportunity and those assets, now they have too much to lose. That's right. That's right. I agree. And, I, you know, it's something I encourage my students at NYU to do also, though, is, is to sort of dip their toe in the entrepreneurial world when they're young. Um, I think that many times, especially at, at the, that age, they're looking for validation from larger brands and companies. And I try to impress upon them that working with a startup or launching their own project is really, uh, you know, one of the most impressive things they can do and that failure or success is not going to be measured on whether or not your company goes public. It's really on the experience that you gain during that time. And so if that's the way that you're approaching it, then, you know, inevitably you're going to be successful. <laughs> I love that. And I love going back to when you said you were sitting there in New York City and it seemed like you had all these friends that had these quote unquote friends and family with all these millions <laughs> of dollars are backing them. And I can just see you on it just kind of saying, so what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Do you mind if I come and do you mind if I network during Thanksgiving? Is that cool? <laughs> That's right. That's right. And and so, you know, I start things like the tech karaoke meetup or, you know, I, I host little get togethers. I mean, that kind of stuff. I felt like I had skills to do that and I could bring people together and have them connect. And I think that that's a that's an amazing gift that you can give not only to yourself, but to um, your surrounding community. I think people really remember that when you become kind of that um, that connector, you're that link between people. Um, that's very powerful. Well, Anna, thank you for sharing some struggles that you've had in the past and how you overcame that. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum now, which is the aha moment. Obviously, as entrepreneurs, we are blessed by having these small little aha moments every day on certain levels that are inspiring us, that are 
having us pivot or change our business's direction completely or just move forward in the same direction that we're going. But if we're lucky, at some point in our journey, we've had that huge light bulb moment. Have you had a light bulb moment at some point in your journey? Yes, definitely. And it's interesting that this is sort of the follow-up question to, you know, any challenges I've had, because I, I really think that most profound aha moments come from a moment of, of crisis or challenge. Um, this kind of idea that from, from crisis, we might find clarity. And so m- my most pivotal aha moment was just this summer. Um, I had closet catharsis, you know, that's been buzzing along for a while, but I was also working on this other tech startup and I was experiencing a lot of, a lot of challenges, um, from partnerships to fundraising to just the basic question of can this be done? And if it can, is it really something I should be putting my energy into? And so right around that time is when I transitioned from working on that project to launching Sociology of Style. And it was just this wonderful uh, moment where everything that I'd been working towards sort of coalesced. And um, I no longer felt like these projects were pulling me in multiple directions, but rather that my interests and expertise became um, really wonderfully aligned. Um, so, so I think that you know we can we can think of these challenges not only as opportunities for growth, but for um, this kind of uh, this sort of clarity that to induce um, really major aha moments. So, put us in your shoes for a second, yep. Anna. What were some specific actions that you took following this aha moment that really made success possible? Yeah, so I, you know, I was I was uh I was starting over in a small sense, right? So I my life was established in many other ways, but there was this major factor that was going to have again, this was one of those moments where a decision was going to have endless ripple effects. So I really went back to this idea of connecting and networking and I started talking to people, pretty much anyone who would listen to me. <laughs> um and I had some ideas. I had a sense of some things I wanted to explore, but honestly, I wasn't really sure where to begin with it. Even though I'd done it before, I needed to talk it out. And the more I talked, the more ideas flowed in, the clearer it all became. And before I knew it, I'd put together a team and a project and we were launching in a couple of weeks. And so um, it really was a matter of knowing and recognizing that I couldn't do it all myself and reaching out and deciding this has to be a collaborative effort. Um, and, and, and it worked. Awesome stuff. Thank you for sharing that. Anna, have you had an I've made it moment? Yeah. I mean, I've had, I have many, I've made it moments. Um, maybe that's how I sort of make it through my day, right. By reminding myself in small ways that, um, that I've made it. I think a larger I've made it moment for myself was definitely when I finished my PhD because there were so many years of work that went into that. But in actuality, that was really just the beginning. Um, but as an entrepreneur, I, I experience small victories that I find really satisfying and make me remind me how far I've come. So whether it's 
um, you know, writing a piece that I'm really proud of or giving a lecture that resonates with people and having them come up and share their own stories um, after after I finish or, you know, hitting some sort of new eternal milestone with my team. Um, I think those moments really remind me, you know, how far I've come and, and how crucial everything that led up to that point um, was in making that moment possible. Now, I love that answer. And I love this question in general, because every entrepreneur seems to approach it differently. Some say, mm. John, I will never have an I've made it moment until the day that I die. And some say, mm. I have, I've made it moments every single day, John. And for me, yeah. it's all about the journey. I mean, you yeah. as an entrepreneur are just hitting milestones every single day, week, month, year. You need to step back and just really enjoy and appreciate the achievements that you've come to up to this point. And it really seems like you've been able to do that, Anna. Yeah, I think so. I think too often um, entrepreneurs think that I've made it moments are uh, specifically financial. So maybe it's that your company gets a specific level of investment or you have X number of users or you finally exit, right? And, and, and those happen those are such small blips on the timeline of your company and your entrepreneurial career that if those are the only things you're living for, you really are not going to be very happy. And so I think you must find pleasure and inspiration from these smaller moments um, in, an, in an effort to continue to motivate and really flourish. I live for tech karaoke personally. That moment, for instance, <laughs> when you finish, when you finish your Sunny and Cher song, you feel a sense of triumph. <laughs> oh, I almost just kicked into a verse right there. I'm really glad I held myself back. That would have been wow. That would have been an entrepreneur on fire first. So, Anna, we're moving into your current business now. You have a mm -hmm. lot of exciting things going on in a lot of different areas. If you could just nail it down to one thing that's really exciting you about your business right now, what would that be? Uh, well, yeah, with with launching Sociology of Style um, in relationship to Closet Catharsis, I'm now getting a chance to do a lot of writing. And that is one thing, that's a place where I find a lot of flow um, and a lot of happiness. So that has been a wonderful gift to myself um, to incorporate that into my, into my week and to really um, make a space for it. Um, and I also am extremely excited about my current partnerships and the people that I'm working with um, because we work so closely that, um, you know, that sort of dynamic um, really compels me and I can feel us sort of feeding off of each other and there's a lot of synergy there. So so those things um, are definitely exciting me as well as the feedback that I get from my clients and ours. Um, those are those those comments from people that you wouldn't expect would connect with these sort of issues. Um, it's, it's really validating and it, it assures me that we're doing something that's worthwhile and that's um, really um, connecting with people. And I love that part about business in general. When I finally got entrepreneur to the point where I was receiving a ton of feedback from listeners and from interviewees, that was where I really started to take shape as a business. Because until you are really getting that feedback and implementing yeah. what your target audience and your avatar wants, needs, then yeah. that's when you're really clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, because, you know, we... 
we're making these decisions, as we noted, but we don't always know what people want and what they're going to connect with. And so it very much is a sort of co-creative process, entrepreneurialism. Um, if no one's interested, then your vision um, is not going to stick. So it's wonderful to be at a place where you have that sort of feedback loop and can, you know, tweak what you're doing to cater to your target audience. Could not agree more. Anna, let's pull the curtain back for a second. I really like to share with Fire Nation listeners the lives of entrepreneurs because sometimes the word entrepreneur is a little bit of a mystery and people kind of scratch their heads and say, what exactly does an entrepreneur do during the course of a day? Now, <laughs> I know that no two days are ever identical for you. They're not identical for any entrepreneur, but can you share with us just two tasks that do seem to occupy a good portion of your day? Yeah, I have kind of... Uh, an interesting split between introversion and extroversion um, on any given day. So my introspective um, activities involve writing and reading and, uh, you know, studying different aspects of things. And then the I, I will shift sometimes quite suddenly into extroversion where I might be lecturing or meeting with my team um, or uh, writing correspondence in an effort to, um, you know, pitch myself, or um, taking meetings with new people that I want to work with in the future. And so for me, um, I love I love both of those, and I really try to partition my week so that I have chunks of time where I can uh, really dig into both of those work modes. Um, because when I am writing or reading something or need to be quiet in the work that I'm completing. I want to have as few distractions as possible. And then I try to um, schedule my meetings in chunks. Maybe it's a two days a week. Um, and, and I just am my public sort of persona for, for that duration of time. And I've, I find that um, it really helps me to not feel kind of schizophrenic during the week. Perfect, Anna. What is your vision for the future of both of your companies? Well, I mean, I see Closet Catharsis and Sociodial as being very complementary. Um, they're both, at their core, really helping people think more deeply about the social significance of image. Um, we hear a lot about the, uh, you know, trends and what you should be, how you should be self-presenting. But, but very few uh, people or companies are digging deeper and looking at the social significance of that and then helping people to apply it to their own lives. So um, I hope to continue to reach wider audiences with both and to expand my outlets for lecturing and, and, and writing on the topic and, you know, eventually, um, write some books on the topic and do more publishing. And, um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's interesting. I just, I like that. I, I don't see these clear lines around them and there's, there's really an opportunity for a lot of organic growth and expansion and, um, uh, collaborations with, with brands and other entities. Very exciting. And yeah. what's also very exciting, Anna, is that we've reached my favorite part of the show, which is the lightning rounds. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds great. <laughs> All right. What's <laughs> holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, 
I think the fact that I never knew I wanted to be one. Um, I had a real misconception about what it meant to be an entrepreneur. I thought it was just a business person, and that, that was way too traditional and, and rigid for me. When in actuality, entrepreneurialism and entrepreneurs are really highly creative innovators. Um, so I had to redefine that for myself um, before I could embrace it as my profession. What is the best business advice you ever received? I think it's from my mom, and I don't think she intended it to be applied to business, but that's how I've taken it to heart. And she always told me uh, to learn to express myself, to write, speak, and synthesize ideas effectively. And that by doing that, um, that that combined with doing what I loved would ensure that I'd always be hireable um, and by extension, happy. <laughs> Hireable is happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'd be following my passion too, which is a big part of that. So That is huge. Yeah. So Anna, what is something that's working for you or your business right now? Um, I think the fact that we are really focused on everyday people and everyday issues. Um, we are not as interested at all in socialites and starlets or just special occasions, but really everyday self-presentation, which affects everyone every day. So in essence, everyone is the potential client or, or, or subscriber. So I, I like the fact that it's relatable and that seems to really um, be working for us. Awesome. Do you have an internet resource that you're in love with, like an Evernote, that you can share with Fire Nation? Hmm. I feel like I might disappoint on this one. Um, I do use Evernote regularly. Uh, we rely heavily on Google Docs to, to brainstorm, share ideas, um, pass information back and forth, um, co-edit uh, documents. Uh, um, so, you know, we might not be as high tech in the way that we're doing it. There's a lot of human to human interaction and just having that sort of um, that sharing platform through Google Docs is really, uh, it really makes a huge difference for us. And then we use things like MailChimp and WordPress as well. Anna, that is not disappoint. And I will tell you, <laughs> the word that entrepreneurs love is kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. And yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> I use Google Docs. It is the center platform of my everyday work with my VAs. I mean, so many entrepreneurs with this question, believe it or not, say something Google-related. Say Gmail. Yeah. They say Google Docs. Yeah. They say Google Apps. Because, I mean, it, is just, it just works. And that's yeah. the important thing. You don't need to confuse things up. No, no. And I've learned my lesson with that. You know, really uh, keep it at your core technology and you don't need all of these sort of, just because these other bells and whistles exist doesn't mean that they all need to be integrated into your company immediately. Yep. And it doesn't mean that they add value to your company. No, not at all. So Anna, what business book would you recommend for Fire Nation? So I'm not sure this would be categorizable as a business book, but I like to think of... Uh, business books from a, a wide uh, variety of topics. Um, and so I would actually recommend The Happiness Hypothesis um, by Jonathan Haidt. Um, it blends science with philosophy. Um, and I really think it's a great guide for self-reflection and analysis. It's a great way to sort of check with what you're doing, not only personally, but also professionally. Because I think if we don't 
come back to those higher philosophical goals and what we're doing as entrepreneurs, um, then it's, it's easy to kind of lose our way and, and forget about why we're doing it in the first place. And I, and I think it's um, an equally important component as understanding, you know, basic business fundamentals. No, I love that. And I actually might change this question after 98 interviews <laughs> to say, what entrepreneurial book would you recommend for Fire Nation? Thank you. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I think that that would be helpful because um, too often business people in business um, don't don't understand or make space in their in their day um, for those sorts of books, which I feel really are important. Nope, I just made the change right now. You're official. <laughs> Great. Anna, this is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest okay. it, then come back at us with a great answer. Okay. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew nobody. You still have all the experience and knowledge that you currently have right now. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What do you do in the next seven days? That is a tough one, and yet it's not that tough for me. I would definitely make my way to somewhere near the ocean if when I woke up I wasn't already there. Um, and I would spend the week just meeting new friends and potential partners there, identifying whatever the needs of the community are, and then I would launch a business there. Um, because, in my opinion, uh, the only thing better than entrepreneurship is entrepreneurship by the sea. And so that would be um, wonderful to be able to design that from the very beginning. So definitely ocean bound for me. Awesome, Anna. That was great <laughs> actionable advice. And you've given us actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. One piece of guidance. I would say uh, talk to everyone. Uh, you never know where that connection might lead. And um, it's, it doesn't end with them. It's introductions that they're going to make as well. So um, so keep connecting, I guess, is my, is my guidance. And then um, anyone who would like to check out Closet Catharsis can do so at closetcatharsis.com if they're interested in working with me as their personal wardrobe consultant. And we'd love for everyone to subscribe to Sociology of Style, um, which you can do at sociologyofstyle.com. Anna, thank you so much for sharing your time, your information, your knowledge. All of this will be linked up in the show notes, entrepreneuronfire.com slash 98. Fire Nation, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much. Okay, Fire Nation, are you inspired enough to start your entrepreneurial journey? I've created a free step-by-step -step video that will walk you through the process of buying your domain, installing WordPress, and creating your first post all in under seven minutes. Visit entrepreneuronfire.com blue to find out more and take your entrepreneurial leap today. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.